please welcome Ben as he comes to bring the word to us. Uh, good morning. It's good. Uh, it's good to be here. Somewhat. I'm a little, a little nervous, but uh, um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ben. Um, I think I know most of you, but uh, someone thought it'd be a good idea to hire me to be in charge of your kids for the summer. So I've been doing that, and it's been awesome. It's been a super fun summer. Um, it's been great getting to know them, most of them. Some of them have aged me quite considerably since I've been here, but um, it's been awesome being here. Um, just a little. Bit. I'm 22. I have one semester left at Master's College, and then Lord knows what after that. Um, but for this moment, I'm here preaching to you. So I got to get you up to speed on the Book of James because, as far as I can tell, most of you haven't been coming to junior high uh, Thursday. So um, we've been going through the Book of James. It's been good. Uh, it's been really good. Um, James is hard. It's hard stuff to swallow. Hard stuff to stomach. Um, and so, just to catch you up to speed, James is writing to the church in Israel. He's, I think it's the first book of the Bible ever written, um, and he's writing to believers. So that's good, because most of us would consider ourselves believers. And he's writing to believers, and he's writing to people that are getting persecuted. He's writing to people that are going through rough things. He's writing to people that are getting ex- exiled from, um, from the marketplace, from the economy of Israel. And he's writing to them, and he said, listen, if you have a real faith, then some things are going to line up. So do you have a real faith? Do you have a living faith? Or is it dead? These are questions. These are tests I'm going to give you. Um, and so you need to ask yourself, where do you fall? Um, and so we're going to be in James chapter 1, um, verse 21 this morning. James 1, 21. And I'll read that for you real quick. It says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he's looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man should be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his own tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Let's uh, let's pray real quick. Lord, we thank you that you're good, God. We thank you that you love us. Lord, I pray you give us faith to believe that, God. Help us, Lord, to um, just uh, take something away from this, God, to walk away changed, Lord. pray that um, you'd cut where you see fit. Hear me pray. Amen. Um, and so like I said, James is writing to believers, and this is good for us because most of us would consider ourselves believers. Um, and more so than that, we're, we're creatures of response. We're made to respond to things, that, that you hear music and it does something to you. You look at a, at a painting or you read a poem and some type of emotion is evoked. Uh, for goodness sakes, you watch the Lakers game and, and you're, about to, you know, you're about to have an aneurysm, right? That, that things, things just evoke responses out of us, right? That, that we're, we're creatures of response. And so what I want to talk about this morning is that James is basically saying, this, how do you respond to the word of God? Because there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And you really have the option to do either one. Um, and so I think, I think something that pretty clearly demonstrates this is um, Publishers Clearinghouse. Um, that, that, that's the magazine subscription that you can... You can subscribe to and then they can send um every now i think like once a year they send like one of those huge checks it's it's kind of it's always been a mystery how do you cash those huge cardboard checks but um they send you one of those um if you're one of the lucky winners and you you won i think it's like five thousand dollars every month for the rest of your life which equals a very large sum of money and so what they do is they send this this i think they're called the prize patrol 
They send it, and, they, and the people that, that act like they're happy that you want a million dollars. They pay them to do that. They, they have cameras and confetti and fireworks and all these things, and, and then they knock on your door, and they say, uh, you know, Mr. Glennon, congratulations. You won $5,000 every month for the rest of your life, and everybody goes ballistic, and people are crying and weeping and, and punching people and, and everything. Like, it's nuts, and all this, this prize patrol is throwing confetti and, and everything, and um, and the whole reason that the cameras are there and that the, the, all these people have been hired to, to be happy with you in your moment of richness is that because they want to get a response out of you, right? Nobody, nobody you know, the price patrol doesn't come to the door and knock and say, uh, Mr. Glenn, you've won, a, you've won a billion dollars. And everyone's like, uh, sweet, but actually the finale of American Idol is on. So if you guys could come back tomorrow, that'd be like, that's just, that would be absurd, right? A million dollars vastly outweighs whoever's going to win American Idol. Um, and so, and so we're, we're creatures of response. And so what James is saying is this, that, that what do you, how do you respond to the word of God? What does that look like? Um, and so in verse 21, it says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, and humility receive the words implanted, which is able to save your soul. So the first thing that we're going to talk about um, as far as accepting the word of God is, is it's to humbly accept the word of God. Um, and, and this is a... I find this to be particularly cutting to me because... Um, I'm a church folk, right? I, I go to church all the time. I'm working at a church. Um, you're all sitting in the church right now. Um, and, we've, and a lot of us have been going to church for a long time. A lot of us haven't, too. But, um, but this is particularly because right now, in this moment in time, you have an opportunity to respond one way or the other. And James is giving you the choice, and he's saying that this is a test of your faith. What's it look like when, when, when you hear the word of God? Um, are you going to respond humbly, or are you going to respond in the hardness of heart? Um, and it's hard because I, I can't tell you how many sermons I've sit, sat through, how many uh, messages, how many, how many prayer groups, how many whatever. Anytime I've been exposed to the Word of God, and my heart's just kind of like, great, well, let's get on with life. Um, and James is saying that, listen, this is not one test to say that, okay, I'm a Christian or not. This is an ongoing test that every time you come encounter with the Word of God, then something, something should, should revoke some type of response. And it's going to revoke some type of response anyways, right? But James says you have the opportunity to be humble. And so um, this is important for us because even right now when you're hearing my message, this is an opportunity um, to respond, humbly respond or to not. So um, moving on. Um, and so James says um, in verse 22, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For anyone who's a hearer and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. Um, and for once he looked at himself and has gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Um, and so we're going to get to that analogy in a second. But um, I, think, I think this is important because um, when James is talking about, he said, you, you humbly respond to the word. Um, we've been going through humility in the high school group this summer. And I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to drill into them that, that humility is just not just something that we do because it's, it's nice and it's, it's nice to be the nice guy on the field or it's a good Christian virtue that Christ tried to instill. Now James, is, James and most of the Bible is saying this, that humility is necessary at the point of salvation, Right? Nobody can come to the point of salvation to the end of themselves and say, I need a Savior, and then, and then be like, ah, not really. Right? That is humility to say, like, I, can't, I can't do this. I can't save myself. I can't, I can't give salvation where I need. I can't cleanse a sick heart. Right? It's humility to say, Lord, help. It's you or nothing. That's humility. Humility is not just something that we do because we don't want to brag or we don't want to, we don't want to be meek for the sake of being meek. It has drastically heavier implications than that. Drastically. And James is saying this, that the word is able to save your souls. But if you're humble, it can. If not, it's not really going to plan in you. So um, 
and like I said, this is an ongoing test. This is not one test to say that, that you know, on August 25th, I heard the word of God, and, and now you know, I, I've humbly responded to it, and for the rest of my life, I'll, I'll be humbly, or humbly in response to it. But James is saying, this is every time you come in contact with anything biblical, you have a response. You have an opportunity. You have an obligation to respond. Um, and so, um, and looking back in verse 21, he says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. Um, that, that first word, um, filthiness, that adjective, um, it reminds me of, I have this little buddy, Dan, um, in college. He's a short little red-headed Canadian guy. And um, he was telling me a story once. We were sitting, um, I think having coffee or something, and he was telling me a story, and basically the story goes like this. Every uh, year, his family goes up to Calgary, Canada, and uh, has like a vacation, and they have a cabin up there. And um, it's Dan and his three brothers. And for whatever reason, they thought it'd be a good idea to play badminton. I don't, I don't know. I never played badminton with guys growing up, but they thought it would be a good idea. And um, we always played it mainly our games. But um, they're playing badminton, and Dan, Dan is playing um, with the three brothers, and they're just hitting back and forth. And then somebody winds up and and, and just smacks one right, and it's it's long. And so Dan's running, and he's running back like this. He's not really watching where he's going. And he's running, he's running, he's running. His brother's watching to see what's going to happen. And he's about to swing at it, and then boom, he just falls into the earth. Like the earth just swallows him. And everybody's kind of like, uh, Dan. <laughs> They're kind of waiting for like, what, what happened? Because uh, it's just flat ground, um, and everybody's, it's just like this moment of suspense. And all the brothers kind of like, He's the baby. Mom's gonna be bad. Um, and so, and then Dan just shoots up out of the ground, right? Like, like can't breathe anything. And he's uh, he's covered in head to to- from head to toe with filth. Um, and so, so what had happened was this: um, that there had been a septic leak, leak, and um, and it just it had just burned this hole into the earth. This this pit of of despair. Had been had been found in Calgary, Canada, and it, it just crock-potted there for a few days. Um, and and Dan, luckily enough, had found it on a game of badminton. He had he had he'd fallen into it, and then and now he's yeah, Lord knows what he saw down there. But uh, he's he's in there, and then you know for whatever reason he decides it's probably a good time to get out, and so he jumps out, and they don't even recognize him. He's just this thing um, that's running through the yard screaming, right? Um, and so he's, he's running through the yard, and he's screaming, and it's pretty gross because uh, you guys can probably put two and two together. Um, and he's running through, and what's the first thing he, he does? He takes a shower, right? It's not like, well, now would be a good time to watch the rest of the Laker game. Like, it, it's time to take a shower, right? You have, you have filth caked onto you. Um, and so, uh, but I think, I think that the, the point of that is that, that, Dan, that Dan is filthy, right? That's... That's, that's a no-brainer, that Dan is disgusting uh, in that moment of, of being down in the pit um, of destruction. But, you know, and when he comes out, um, he's also filthy. But it, it would be absurd if, if, Dan, um, if Dan ran back into the house and was gross, and he was like, and he, he, you know, he has the opportunity to take a shower, and he's like, ah, I just put on a new shirt, and I go to dinner. That would be disgusting, because he actually actually taking care of any of the problem, right? The problem is... All this, right? The shirt is not the problem. The pants are not the problem. It's just that he's he's got this all this septic all over him, right? It would be absurd for him to show up at the dinner table just his eyes showing, and just you know, and just be like, could you pass the uh, could you pass the potatoes? Because you know, like, it, it's gross, right? 
But oftentimes, how, how often do, are we guilty of this on a much more deeper level? And we show up to church and we show up to Bible study and we read, even read our Bibles. Um, for what? Is it, is it just, a, just a hobby or is it just something we do just because we're religious people and we don't, we don't feel good unless we do this? We, don't, we feel a little guilt. We feel something, something negative unless, unless we just read that Bible for the day, right? Um, and I, I try to tell the high school guys is that God, God says powerful things about the Bible. Um, and he, and it, it's been preserved through the blood of saints for years that people, people have died, died and shed blood, right, and, and been, been wounded and been maimed just so that you could have a copy of this, right? And that's not even what God says about it. God says that it's, it's living and active, right, and sharper than a two-edged sword, and it goes forth and it cuts. But oftentimes we just kind of treat this trite handbook for living life, kind of like Aesop's fables or something, that, that, that we don't really give it the respect it deserves, um, and so, and, and I'm, I'm the most guilty of this because I was, I was raised in the church and I was raised, I was raised in a Christian home and I was raised around all types of, of I was raised in the Bible Belt of North Carolina. You couldn't, you couldn't be any more saturated with spiritual things, at least in, at least in, in the, the looks of things than, than I was. And often and many times I just, mm, it's not really worth my time. It's nice and it has good things to say, but it's not really, it's not really, um, it's not really what I'm into right now. Um, and even now, it's still a struggle, right, to say that, yes, this has good things to say to me, that this has, this has saving knowledge, right? Um, and so we're, we're, just as, we're, we're just as guilty as Dan if Dan was to show up at the dinner table, still just a clean shirt on, which is now probably still soaked with all this stuff, and say, ah, you know, I, I, I don't really need to take a shower. I can take one tomorrow morning, um, right? That, that we're just as guilty of that and how we read our Bibles. Um, we, don't, we don't really expect... We don't really expect God to move. Um, I think and I, was, I was a little bit almost frustrated at the end of camp. Um, that, uh, Philippe, Philippe gave like a powerful message. He talked about prayer. He talked about that, that Christ, one of Christ's last words to say, ask. I'll give it to you. Ask. Ask. Right? And, um, and, and you know, my response is like, well, where was God when I did this? Or where, where was God when that happened? Or where was God when he died? Right? Um, and the, the question, all, the answer to all that is God was there. But oftentimes I think I think I'm so caked in sin, or I'm so I'm so subdued by my sin, and then and then I pray to God and God doesn't show up or God doesn't act like I wish He would, and I'm like, well, where was your promissory, Lord? Right? So many times we're we're, we're so ready for the Lord to hold up His end of, of the deal that He said that He said that He said I'll give it to you, right? But so many times we're, we're still we have our foot in the other camp as well. I said, well, the sin's still good, and so James is saying this: put it put it away. Um, and I think, I think um, what would be a tragedy today, if you, if you were to hear me say this, that, that this, is, this is what makes you saved, um, that, would be, that would be heresy, right? James is not saying that. He's not this old grouchy man that's saying, uh, well, if you do this and you're saved, you put aside the filth and the malice and the filthiness and you're saved. That's not at all what he's saying, at all, right? That's, just, that's no better than Judaism. But James is saying this, is that if you're saved, there's going to be change. You can't expect to come in contact with the word of God and then not have change. Right, every time, every time, and so, and that's that's the theme you see. One of the themes you see throughout the book of James that that when when he's when he's given these tests, these are not the points of salvation. When you put aside the filth and all and all the malice and all the wickedness of the world, that's not what makes you saved, right? Responding to the word of God, and humbly accepting the point of humility when you cry out to Christ and say, "I need a savior." That's the point of salvation. It's just that those things will have repercussions, right? You can't expect to stand still still after you had an experience like that, right? Um, 
And so for the first point, just humbly accept the word. Um, it's easy to say, it's a lot harder to do because we're just prideful beings, prideful things. Um, the second key uh, to this passage would just be um, do what it says. It sounds simple enough. Um, in, verse 20 sa- in verse 22, he says, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Um, this is interesting. Uh, so James is writing to Israel, to the churches in Israel, um, and he's writing to believers. Um, but no doubt, some of the people that are going to hear this this letter, hear this message, are the Pharisees. Um, and I, <laughs> I always like the dealings with the Pharisees because it's not like the it's not the Jesus that you see in like the children's book, or it's not the Jesus that we paint on the side of the nursery. Like when when the Pharisees say like, "Well, we would believe you," like we believed Abraham, and you say you're Abraham, so we would believe you. Um, Jesus says, uh, no, actually, your father is the devil, and that's why you don't believe me, right? That's not like the Jesus we always, like, holding the little lamb, and the, the kids are around, like, this is like the biting, like, sharp Jesus. Um, but but the, some of the Pharisees are going to hear this letter, and they're going to respond to it. And, and the thing about the Pharisees, the catch was that, that they're so concerned with the spiritual, with, with what seems to be spiritual things. They're so concerned with with the church services, and they're so concerned with being at the prayer meetings, they're so concerned with, with just showing up and being a presence and going through the motions, right? And Christ, the whole time he was on earth, he was telling him, you guys have sick hearts. You whitewashed tombs, right? You look good on the outside, and the inside is just dead. That's some pretty terrible words to say for that. And how guilty are we of being Pharisees sometimes, right? I know I am. I am. Um, and so, and so, what James is basically saying is, is that, that he's blowing their system out of the water. He's saying that, listen, that, that if, you, if you're actually having come in contact with the Word of God and you've been changed, then your religion will change, right? And not that, that you were once a Judy, you were once in Judaism, now you're in Christianity. But he's saying this, that this is pure religion, right? That if you, if you go visit orphans and widows in their distress, that's not what saves you, but it shows that you have a love of a Savior, right? Um, and, so, and so the Pharisees wouldn't, probably wouldn't touch those people with a 10-foot pole, um, but but Christ is, or James is saying this as a believer you have a higher calling than that to not just merely show up and look good externally or just to show up and be a presence right James is saying this if you humbly responded to the word then you're going to do what it says right um, and so like I said it, it would be it would be a tragedy for you to hear this um, and, and think that that well I need I need I need to put aside the filth um, in order for myself to be saved right that that's that's exactly what the book of James is not saying. He's saying this, but, but if you are a Christian, then there's going to be change. There's going to be difference. Right? You can't just simply ex- expect to have, have an encounter with the Word of God um, and then just stay in the same spot. Um, and like I said, I'm the most guilty of this, right? Um, and even now, and even now, as I'm even preaching, uh, do I, do I, am I responding to this humbly or not? Um, and something you have to ask yourself. Um, I... Um, I think even growing up, um, like I said, I, was, I grew up in North Carolina, which is a wonderful place to grow up if you haven't grown up yet. But um, I'm just—I've been currently exiled to Southern California, so I hope to return someday. Um, but like I said, it's the Bible Belt, and it's just saturated with all things church and all things spiritual and all things looking good and all things just kind of want to have neat, sectioned-out lives, right? Um, I can turn into the Pharisee or the Pharisees really quick. Um, and I think growing up, I heard sermon after sermon, repent, 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 um, and a lot of bad sermons as well. It's not like every time I, I went to the church, it was like just a home run. But, um, but I, I heard sermon after sermon, and no doubt heard the gospel, 
I know it was in there somewhere. Um, I, I heard, I heard that, that I heard all things spiritual. Um, and, and I thought I was doing fine. Um, and in reality, my heart was just sick. It was dead. Um, and I, and I, I had malice in my heart towards the Lord. Um, and so and what's scary about that is that I thought I was doing great. I had no idea that I was in that, in that position. Um, and so um, it, this, this passage is, is important for us because, for one, like I said, we have an opportunity right now to do something about it, right? Um, that that this, this, is, this is not too late um, if you haven't humbly responded to the word, right? Um, also, Make sure you're not deceiving yourself. James is not writing this, um, and so that he can be that he can bear down on us, or that he can he can just bore into us how bad of people we are. He's saying this. Listen, if your soul is sick, if you're not saved, this is a chance. This is an opportunity for you to you to, to be saved, right? For you to come to Christ. Um, this this is a beg and a plea. This is not this is not a this is not a a judgment or, or a commandment or. or or something that, that's going to weigh us down. James is saying this. There is freedom, right? There is freedom in Christ. But it, it, takes, it takes humbly accepting the word. Um, and so, um, it's, yeah, it's just like James is pleading with ourselves. Like to get, to get rid of your illusions about yourself, right? That was, that was my testimony. That I'm such a good kid. That look, look how, how straight I can, I can walk, right? Or look, look, look how good my grades are. Look, just look at me. Look at me. And it's just an illusion. Right? I was just lying to myself. Um, and James is saying this. So listen, if, if you really are a Christian, then it's going to show. Um, and oftentimes, uh, we just don't, we don't connect with that, that we don't get the connection that, that it's this life and, and then with him or not for all eternity. Um, and like I said, I can't reiterate, this is not, this does not make you saved, putting aside the filth and the malice, right? What makes you saved is Christ. He saves you. And there's freedom in that. Um, and even in, in a couple a couple verses later, James is going to say, mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, so I don't think this, this, this passage is a judgment or, or, or just a condemnation, but I think he's saying it. Just be honest with yourselves. Is your faith real or dead? Right? That's the whole point of this book. Do you have a living faith? Or do you have a dead faith? Um, and so um, James uses this analogy of the of the... The man um, in verse uh, 23, um, he says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. And I kind of I like that, that analogy because it's humorous. Um, because it would be like if you, were, uh, if you were going to a wedding or something, and you sat down real quick to like, eat a sandwich, and you ate the sandwich, and, and then you, know, you already have like, your suit and everything on, and then you go into the bathroom just to make sure that everything's looking okay, and then there's just mustard everywhere, all, right? all, over, like, all over your shirt, all over your face, on your eyebrows. All right? It's kind of like Dan, just less septic-y. Um, and then you're kind of looking at it, and you're like, huh. All right. And then you, know, you just go to the wedding, and you're, still, you're, just, you're in mustard, right? Um, and so that's kind of what James is saying, that, that, that we, we're just as guilty of that, right, many times, to, to show up to church and to hear and even be convicted and then go to lunch. Not that going to lunch is a bad thing, but the, the, the thought is that you just push it out of your mind. Right? That's dangerous. I think that's what James is pleading with us today, that it's dangerous to do that, right? Um, and so... Um, it, 
we can show up and we can hear these things, right? And God, God is the one that that that, that chooses who to work in or chooses who you know who who He's going to save, right? Um, and so, but at the same time, I think we have a responsibility as well that that our hearts can be hard and they can be hardened by the word. And they, and I think the quickest way to to harden them is to show up to church day in and day out and just kind of let it blow by you. Because after a while, she said, well, I've heard that. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and, so, and so then really the test of true religion, um, and like I said, not that this makes you saved, um, but, but the test of true, true, true religion is found in um, verse 26. Um, he says, If anyone thinks himself religious and yet does not bridle his own tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. And that's a pretty hard pill to swallow. Um, and like I said, I don't think James is trying to condemn us. I think he's pleading with us. Say, look, you have an opportunity to come to the Lord, right? But stop deceiving yourself, right? If your life looks one way and your faith claims another thing, you've got you to test yourself. You've got to see who's right in that situation. And he's saying this, if, if, if you've responded to the word of God, then it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to change you. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Um, and and this, is, this is tough, right? Because um, when it's, it's hard to know. Um, you know. Like, well, am I deceiving yourself? Well, then look. Look at your life. Is it producing action? Right? Um, or is it, do you have a heart for the widow and the orphan? Um, or do, or is your, what, what about your tongue? What about your speech? How's that doing? Um, and like I said, this, these are not things that save you. You know, if your tongue, if if you have good speech, great. That's not. That's not. That's just. Those are just your morals, right? Uh, but if you've come in contact with the Word of God and you've and you've responded and you've been saved, yeah, those things will have to change. They're going to change, right? You can't help but change those things, right? God will give you desire for the orphan, for the widow. He'll give you desire for pure religion. Um, and so. Um, this is not your salvation. It's just merely proof of your salvation. Um, and so, so the two things this passage, passage is this, that James was saying, just, just to humbly accept the word of God and then to do what it says. Um, and so I think as we leave and we're going to go out our day, um, it's just good to ask ourselves, like, where is my faith? Um, and like I said, I'm the most guilty of this, to, to have grown up in such a saturated type of environment um, and just to constantly say, uh, not really, not, I'm not really interested, not right now. Um, I, I wish I wish I would have come in contact. Not that I didn't. I wish I, I wish my heart would have come in contact with these verses so much earlier. And so I, I, I'll ask you, where's your faith? Right? Doesn't require action, but it produces action. Um, and so there's be some things to to chew on um, until I don't know until next Sunday uh, when Kevin when the when the, man, the boss is back in town. But um, um, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to preach. Um, I think Brandon's going to sing one more song, so I'll pray and then. Uh, We'll get to it. Lord, thanks so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, just, just to be in church, Lord, and to, to hear the word, God. I pray that, um, Lord, I pray that you cause us to be convicted. God, um, we thank you that you love us, Lord. I pray that um, you be with us now. Here I pray. Amen.